You're listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Good morning and welcome to Sourced Property Podcast with me, Stephen Moss. And today on this podcast, I am going solo. So I'm going to talk to you about which property strategies are right for you. And we're going to touch on the different types of strategies, what suits you, and also the five key factors that affect selecting a strategy. And the reason that we've chosen and selected this title is because it's something that I personally come across every single week. So I'm very fortunate in I get to meet about 10 to 12 people per week that are looking to start their property journey or they're looking to grow their property business um, and take it to the next level. And one of the common questions that we get asked is, there are so many different strategies. How do we know which one is right for us? And what would you recommend? What would you select if you were in my position? And where would you start? And it's a great question. It's a question that um, I suppose people are concerned that potentially they might, might miss out. It's also worth keeping in mind that a lot of people have heard stories of either people failing in particular strategies or people having huge success in, in certain strategies and they straight away start to think well you know that one's right for me or that one's wrong for me but there are other key factors that they need to take into account and what I've done today I've listed some of the key factors so we can discuss them we can talk about the key factors and say right okay this is what I would look at and this is how I, I would approach it now I know I'm going to get shot down by the podcast police when I say these are the strategies because I'm sure there's going to be more strategies available. We're very fortunate in the business that uh, we have a range of experts and people that have got a lot of experience in lots of different strategies. What I've done is I've selected the most popular strategies that we utilize and we work with uh, and I've put them into this to give you an overview and hopefully it covers quite a, a good spectrum. So the first thing is to look at the different strategies and the way that I like to present this when I'm talking to people is I talk about the property journey. So if you're brand new to property or you're looking to get into this sector, my view is that you're starting at the very beginning, you're going to go through a journey and typically investors naturally find themselves going through these different steps along the way. And the first step is, you know, looking at what are the least risky strategies, the strategies that you have to commit the least amount of capital because again, it reduces your risk as a newbie, as somebody who's looking to get into the sector. So typically when we talk about these, we're looking at property sourcing. So property sourcing is a great way to start learning the trade. It's a great way to start working with investors, working with agents, working with uh, sellers, and also as well to start understanding structures, finance, and, and just a general good feel about the market whilst making some good money as well. As a business ourselves, we typically charge 2% for a property that's sourced. So you can imagine average property price in the UK, £250,000-ish. You know, you're looking at the best part of £5,000 per property. So it's a great strategy to start, start off with. The only thing with property sourcing is it is time-consuming. So to find the good deals, to find the right deals, you've got to be very committed to it. Other strategies that I would say for a newbie investor or starting out at the beginning of the journey are rent-to-rent. So rent-to-rent has become a very popular one because it's a lower amount of capital you have to invest in the project, typically. Um, We've also got assisted sale. And if anybody is new to these terms, then feel free to look through our podcast, because you'll find podcasts talking about these different strategies individually, and the pros and the cons, and how to overcome certain parts and the benefits of them as well. So yeah, so assisted sale is another one that I would definitely say is worth looking at because it's less risk and again, quite time consuming to find them, but when you do find them, great opportunities. 
And the last one that I would put into this sector is title splitting. So title splitting is a great way that you can create added value to a property. So an example of a title split is a property that's been converted into four flats. It might be sold for £200,000. You then get each flat individually valued at, say, £75,000. And then suddenly you've got a valuation of £300,000, creating an uplift of £100,000. So these are ways that you don't have to commit huge amounts of funding and can get you started and four really good strategies to start the journey. The next stage in the journey is refurbs. So I suppose refurbs in some respects work alongside assisted sales. That might be an option, but in reality, if you've made some money from the very beginning in terms of uh, sourcing or rent to rent or assisted or title splits, then you'll be in a position then to say, right, okay, I've got a deposit or I've got the money to do a refurb. I'm now gonna do a refurb myself, purchase the property, refurb it, flip it on basically. And that's normally the sort of road that people take gradually to get the experience and to grow. Following on from refurbs, you then have extensions, you have loft conversions, and I suppose it's more about adapting the property whilst either providing a refurb than the extension or, or potentially loft. And then we go on to conversions. So a lot of people start off with conversions, either a property to a HMO, or it could even be a conversion to you know a number of flats. So something relatively small to start off with, you know, three to five apartments, and then people, once they've got a conversion, they'll start moving on to slightly larger conversions, and then typically onto the developments. And a lot of people, when they meet me, talk about the developments as in the creme de la creme. Um, you know, that's where 99.9% of people that I speak to who are getting into the sector or already in the sector and looking to grow and expand want to get to because they see that property developments is where the big uh, lump sums of money are. So that's kind of their goal. And, and that, in some respects, is the end of the journey from starting off with relatively low risk strategies all the way through to the developments so when i meet different people quite often they'll talk to me and say you know i'm interested in this strategy or i'm interested in this but i've heard about this one or i know a little bit about this one i've read something online and i think it might be for me that's one of the important things that we do uh, first of all we do a training course that gives you an overview of each strategy so you can actually look at them and understand it a little bit more in depth to then start making judgment as in is this going to work for me and not just is it going to work for me but are you the key factors going to fit into this so let's talk about the key factors so one of the first things that we look at is location very often we'll speak to people and i hear comments all the time in the sector where you know you can't do hmos in my territory there's already hundreds and hundreds of them or you can't get development opportunities in my territory because bigger developers have bought all the land uh, and land banking so Quite often, people put hurdles in the way when they're looking at strategies or uh, and they're considering their location. The simplest one is the HMOs. I mean, it's very rare, very, very rare that you find an area that just will not work under any circumstances for HMOs. Quite often, what you find is with HMOs, there are HMOs on the market, but they're a traditional HMO where it's a roomlet. And actually, if you look at HMOs that have en suites or better facilities, they're renting really well and they're achieving a better rent. And that's what the newer generation of um, tenants is looking for. So it's about having a kind of mindset of, okay, potentially this might not work, but let's let's look and see how it fits into my territory, my location, where I'm based or where I'm looking to invest. And one of the fantastic things with property investment is you have flexibility. So if it doesn't quite work in one territory and the territory down the road it does work in, 
then there's an argument there to say, okay, I can invest just down the road, it's not too far, or quite a lot of investors will invest all over the UK based on they'll put in place letting agents or somebody to manage the property and look after it whilst they're not there. So one of the key factors, the first key factor I think worth considering, and something we discuss with people straight away, is about the location. So where are you based? Okay, what type of strategy are you interested in? Have you done your research to make sure that that strategy works in that location? Does it fit? Is there a demand for it? How popular is it going to be? And let's see if it fits in with everything else. The second key factor that we talk about when we're meeting with uh, people looking to get into the sector or grow the business is time. Now, how much time do you have to put in to this business? Because that will reflect what strategy you choose. If you're going to come in and you want to go straight in at a development level, then development will take time. It will take a lot of energy, not just finding the development and finding the opportunity, but managing the whole process, managing the builders, managing the finance, managing the resales or the refinance. There's lots of key elements there that come into place that you have to take into account. So time is definitely something you need to consider when you're looking at strategy. Even at the very basic starting point of the journey, you know, property sourcing. When I first started property sourcing, that was the first thing I realized was just how time-consuming property sourcing was. There's lots and lots of people will dabble with property sourcing or do a search on Rightmove and Zoopla, which is fine, and you can come across some good opportunities, but to find the good stuff and the, and the really healthy profit margin type of properties, you need to be out there, you need to be viewing lots of stuff, building relationships, networking, um, and getting to know the key people in your territory that you can do deals with. So yeah, so time is definitely one of the key factors that we uh, we take into account. The next one is money and cash flow. A lot of people come in when they, they sit down and, and we talk about where they want to be, how they want to get there and timescales and uh, how much time they've got to put into it, where they're based. We then look at, okay, how much money are you looking to achieve from the business and what is your cash flow to help you achieve that? And the reason this is really important because... A lot of people see property quite often or training courses or online, I suppose, manuals or facilities. They see them as a get-rich-quick scheme. They'll see property as fantastic. I'll find a quick property for 30% below market value. I'll do a bit of work to it. I'll flip it on and I'll make a year's salary. And in reality, that doesn't happen. You know, you, you have to be sensible with it and say, okay, depending on the strategy you're selecting depends on the cash flow that you're going to have. So let me explain that. So if you're looking to source a property and you find an opportunity, you package that opportunity, you sell it to an investor. Now you may have been able to agree terms where you get half your sourcing fee on reservation. You may have been able to, you may not, you may agree terms that you get all your sourcing fee on exchange. It's, it's what you negotiate. But in reality, that property still has to go through the process of being bought to exchange which can take on average, what, two to three months sensibly. So even from a sourcing point of view, which is at the very start of the, the journey, you know, you're still looking three, maybe four months before the income starts to come through. If you're looking at something more complex in terms of development or conversion, then you've got other hurdles and other factors to take into account. Not just finding those opportunities, but also then pulling together the builder's quotes, the surveys, the finance arm, having all that lined up completing the development so bear in mind that if you're actually developing a property let's say we're going to do a small conversion for argument's sake so we found an office we're going to convert it to five apartments something nice and simple now in reality that's going to take us probably 10 weeks to exchange complete something along those lines realistically 
So we've not been paid at that point because we found the property and we're going to convert it. We then got the conversion, which could take, let's say, four months as an example. And then we've got to refinance or we've got to sell the units as well, which will just add on an additional potentially two to three months. So that whole process during that time, we've not been paid. So you've got to keep in mind what is your cash flow in the business to make sure that you can afford to pay your bills, have living costs and running costs. And also as well, the big benefit of that is obviously there is a lump sum um, that you're going to generate at the end of it. But just keep in mind that in that scenario, potentially you're not going to earn any money for up to eight months. And that's something people don't, don't really typically take into account. And it's something that's really important. Another key factor is obviously looking at a strategy that interests you. You know, there's no point in listening to, as a really good example, rent to rent. Rent to rent for me personally isn't something that excites me. I can see the benefits of rent to rent, and we have rent to rent properties, but we completed those properties to understand the process, to understand how it works, the benefits of it, so that we can then talk to people about, yeah, this is what we've done, this is how we've achieved it, and these are the lessons that we've learned. But typically, when you're looking at a strategy, you need to have something that excites you. In the same way, you need to be careful of the magpie effect. So let's be honest, we can all sit in a training room and we can talk about developing the next Trump Towers and the the size of this unit, how fantastic it's going to look and and be, and the, the millions of pounds of profits that we're going to generate from this. Yeah, if you're at an early stage in your career, it's not realistic to jump onto something like that. It's not realistic to think I can get a piece of land, flip it straight on and make four or five hundred thousand pound when you haven't yet done a refurb or you haven't yet done something at a very basic stage. So having those excited strategies in your plan and in your journey is brilliant, but you need to get the experience under your belt first. You need to make sure that what you're doing builds up to that. And for me personally, rent to rent wasn't something that I was overly keen as a strategy because it was managing more tenants when I have enough tenants in my portfolio. To add to that wasn't something I was looking to do, but we did it purely to, to experience that strategy. So keep that in mind. Does it excite you? Does it interest you? Is it something that you want to be spending your time doing? And does it fit in with the other factors? In particular, the last one is your goals. You know, So what are your goals and how does that strategy marry with them? Not every single investor we deal with or person looking to get into the property world wants to leave work, wants to give up everything and be a diehard property person. You know, So it's about making sure that the strategy aligns with your goals. Quite often, we'll meet people that are quite happy with what they do, good job, good life, uh, work balance, but they're interested in either building a pension or buying a property for the son, daughter, or something along those lines, which doesn't mean they're going to be in this strategy for a very, very long time. So it could be as simple as, okay, on that basis, we could find a refurbished project, take a, you know, a couple of weeks off work to get the refurb done, a light refurb, have that involvement, and then put it into the portfolio. It's obviously got a gain there because we've done the refurb, so it's generated an uplift, or potentially an extension, loft conversion, something, I suppose, a little bit smaller, a little bit more hands-free, or simply sourcing a property working with other sources as well so it's making sure that it aligns with what your goals are you know are your goals to give up work are your goals for cash flow for a pot of money are they for pensions or for other reasons as well and then the sort of factors that we would say look this is what you need to consider when you're looking at the strategy that you're going to take on board a couple of things that i've made notes on as well one of the key things a lot of people sit down and say to us is i'm going to do all the strategies i'm not 
really bothered which strategy I do, I'm going to literally do them all. And what we tend to find is in the first three months, they'll look at anything and everything. And it's almost like the scattergun approach. It's very much, you know, we'll try anything. If anything fits, fantastic. Whereas the people that focus on these are the strategies, let's say two as an example, these are the two that I'm really interested in and really want to push. I've done my research, they work in my area, there's opportunities available, I'm going to promote and I'm going to work on these two strategies. That's not to say that if a, if a strategy pops up and an opportunity comes along and it's not quite in the two strategies that you've selected, but it's a good opportunity, it will make you some money and you know about the strategy, then fantastic. There's no harm in saying, yeah, this opportunity's come up, I'm going to take it with both hands. But it's about put where you put your time, your energy and your focus. So if you're putting your time, energy and focus into strategies that you, um, you, you, know, you literally take on any strategy, then it weakens what you're actually doing. It dilutes the time, energy that you're putting into things. Whereas if you focus on two strategies to get those strategies right, that's what we found the more successful people have done and got results a lot, lot quicker rather than just trying to get any type of strategy and, and seeing how it goes. Another point as well that we often talk to people about is can my strategy change? And the answer is absolutely. It will always change. It will always evolve. So it's very rare to meet somebody that has for the last 10 years worked in property and only stuck to one strategy. Quite often you'll find that through either opportunities or just through naturally developing themselves, they've come across uh, different strategies and started to utilize their experience. So a really good example of this, when we talked about the property journey, my theory is that a lot of people, when they start off, they'll source opportunities, they'll get to understand how the process works, the properties and the demand, and understand their investors, and then they go on to refurbishments. And refurbishments are, I suppose, less risk compared to other strategies, um, but it's a nice natural step. And you'll find that your strategies will change and change as you go through. Because also there's the attraction that you want to earn more money and the strategies typically, as you go through the journey and through the process, they do earn more money in terms of you know going from sourcing to refurbs to extensions to conversions to developments. You can see how the potential profit margins increase and increase. And as you're more experienced, you get more confident and you naturally go on to the next one as well. So I hope I've given you a really good insight into the different types of strategies and things to consider so that when you're choosing a strategy, you know what's right for you when selecting. We will add some information to the bottom of the podcast about some of the strategies we've talked about in the past, specific ones to give you a bit more detail. But thank you for your time and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing from you in the future. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Visit sourced.co for free training videos and blogs 